Welcome to Boy Boy Time Podcast. We're gonna get lady time, yeah. Oh, it's your boy, Boy Time Podcast. Coming in with the slam dunk of a theme song. Hi ho ho, it's me, Kiki Palmer, back at it again with a new episode of the Boy Time Podcast. And as always, I'm joined by Babby and Paul. Hello. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a slam dunk episode for you, as always. Um, not a whole lot has happened. We got Comic-Con happened. There was one thing I was interested in. Uh, the rest of it is Kevin Feige. Uh, he, frankly, he's on a boat without a paddle. I think he's, he's uh, treading water. Doesn't seem like he has a vision. Um, and that is apparent, because apparently phase four is over. The shortest phase, and the worst phase by far, I think, for sure. Um, the, the, phase. the best movie was Thor, and I gave that, I think, two and a half stars out of five. Um, mm. So that's a little unfortunate. Um, but, you know, there was a thing that was pretty cool that came out of that, but we'll get there when we get there. Uh, I have some movie reviews I have uh, a really good movie, uh, a decent movie, and uh, a really bad movie that I want to talk about. So that'll be fun. Um, But first, let's start with gaming, because we always start with gaming. Uh, You guys know that multi-versus game? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Warner Brothers Smash Bros. clone just announced the two upcoming fighters that they are going to be releasing. Uh, the first one is LeBron James. Let's go. And the second one is Rick and Morty. I love Rick and Morty. I was I shocked when they announced that the first one was LeBron James from Space Jam 2. Um, that That's a weird one. Because it didn't say Space Jam, so when I read the headline, it just says LeBron James coming to multiverses. And I'm like, what? That's the weirdest <laughs> crossover ever. I hope that they add uh, uh, Kevin Durant to Smash Bros. next time. I think it could be interesting. And it is a Warner Brothers IP, so it makes sense. It is, but it's it's weird having, like, just... He's also uh, in Fortnite. He is in Fortnite? Yeah. Oh, that's weird, too. Well, I guess it makes sense in Fortnite, because Fortnite is just advertise here space. You can Anyone yeah. can add something to Fortnite. I'm sure that they're going to add uh, Darkman or the Rocketeer to Fortnite very soon. Probably. Probably. The only other gaming thing we have is The Last of Us Part 1 news. And leaks. Because I guess we got to talk about that too. Uh, for those who are not in the know, uh, Naughty Dog is remaking the first Last of Us game on PS5 and eventually PC um, coming out in September uh, a day before they were gonna well, I don't know if they were planning on releasing a trailer this week um, honestly, I I don't I don't think they were um, mainly because Neil Druckmann's hair is like cropped out, so like whatever green screen they used, I think they had to rush to get the trailer out to like back up the leaks um because they always do that i don't know 
I don't know. They need to fix something over at Naughty Dog. Because Last of Us 2 had some major leaks. Uh, there was some major leaks before uh, Summer Games Fest that basically said everything that they were going to announce. Uh, and then a couple days before this trailer came out, there were like huge gameplay snippets that were leaked. Uh, and the, the leaks were really bad. Like, they were from, I think they may have been from, like, a pre-alpha or something. Um, but people were very upset over the leaks. Um, which, I mean, I guess, ver- like, I guess I could see that if they released it in that state. I mean, I guess Rockstar kind of did that. But uh, I don't think Naughty Dog would do that. Um, but people were complaining that they didn't change the gameplay at all and that, uh, it just, it's just like a little bit of a facelift. Naughty Dog scrambled for a couple days trying to get a trailer ready, and then they they released it this week. And I'm going to break down the trailer of everything they showed. It was 11 minutes long. I watched it right before getting on today, and then just took some notes. Uh, so I'll go over everything that they claim is in, in the game. I, although Neil Druckmann has never lied to me. Uh, new facial animations. Seamless cutscenes and no load times. Better animations out of cutscenes. They had uh, a side-by-side of like Ellie just like talking to Joel, just standing there, and they actually did do some like animations. So like when you're walking around, she's going to emote, uh, I guess, physically, instead of just robotically moving her mouth, like in the PlayStation 3. We got more destructible objects. They showed footage of the, the, the Jeep thing with the big machine gun in Pittsburgh. Uh, and, like, Joel was, like, taking cover and, like, pieces of the wall were, like, chipping off. Um, that was kind of cool. Um, we got The Last of Us 2 enemy AI. The NPC companions won't just walk in front of enemy sightlines in stealth like in The Last of Us 1 and 2. Better walking and running animations. Additional gameplay modifiers, including permadeath and speedrun modes. New render modes. Weird wireframe thing was shown. Better photo mode. More skins for weapons and clothing options for Ellie and Joel. A model viewer. Accessible features from The Last of Us 2. First PlayStation game to have audio description built in. There you go, blind people. World looks way better. 3D audio for PlayStation headset. Who cares? Haptics are really cool. New workbench animations and haptics for that too. Giraffe haptics. That's everything. Uh, there. Now you don't have to watch the 11 minute video. I just broke down everything. And you spoiled it for me. Well, I don't. I don't know. It was a lot of like, it's the PS5 is a. It's a big toy box, and we have all these fun tools that we can use that, that weren't available on the PS3. And it's like, well, yeah, the PS3 is like 15 years old. Of course, it's going to be better than a 15-year-old console. Um, and, you know, the devs have, have claimed time and time again that this is not a cash grab. So I guess we'll see. We'll see how, when it comes out. Um Honestly, it looked pretty good of the stuff that I saw. Um, I mean, like, he went into, like, how, like, the haptics work when it comes to, like, different, like, the bow 
will like increase tension for like the long longer you hold it in the trigger um which is pretty which is pretty cool and then they said like the shotgun you'll feel it like do the pump and then like it's harder to pull that trigger um i'm always a fan of that uh ratchet and clank had like unique haptic stuff for that one too and i thought that was pretty cool um but i'm still probably not gonna get it on the playstation i'm probably gonna wait and get it on pc um i guess i'll see i'll probably wait for it to come out on pc and then if the pc port's bad then i'll I'll see about getting out on the PlayStation. But either way, I don't think it's worth the $70 one. I know people are throwing that around as if it's the only one that they're selling. That's not true. I believe the standard version of the game is $50, and the digital deluxe version is $70. So I would not... I mean, you're going to get like an art, a digital art book with the digital deluxe thing, because the standard comes with the DLC. So... Yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't spend $70 on a game that is very old. But that was that was pretty much it for gaming this week. We got uh, some, some show news. We actually got some exciting show news, if you ask me. Uh, Smiling Friends, uh, one of my favorite shows, and one of Babby's favorite shows, I know. Uh, Babby's a big fan of Smiling Friends. Uh, what words of my mouth? Fine. Do you like Smiling Friends? I'm a big fan of Smiling <laughs> Friends. Okay. See, that's... I, okay. Well, you're going to be very happy then, because we are getting a Smiling Friends special coming out on August 7th, so just a couple weeks, uh, and it's called The Smiling Friends Go to Brazil. Uh-oh. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> I think I it's, that. I think it's that's, 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 that's a good name, though. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't think we got any plot details, but I think it's gonna be funny. That's 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 enough of something to drag me in. Yeah, I don't know how long it's gonna be. Each episode's ten minutes. Maybe this is gonna be a thirty-minuter. I doubt they're gonna do an hour. That seems excessive. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, but we got that, and then we also got. A trailer for season four of Atlanta. Um, that's officially coming out in September. So that's pretty epic. Let's go. Uh, they weren't kidding when they said that they were going to do both seasons this year. Um, I feel like we just finished Atlanta season three. Um, what was that, like a month ago? Maybe more? It was like two months ago. Two months ago? At least. Oh, well. well. I guess, yeah, because it was... It, uh, I think it added in May. That would make sense, because uh, it had to be done in time for the Emmys to consider it, even though they did not give it. <laughs> there was one, just Donald Glover, who's barely in this season. Um, yeah, but that's that's uh, that's a thing, and I'm excited, as you can probably tell by the tone in my voice. I'm, I'm very pumped for Atlanta season four. Uh, I'm just enjoying Saul so much right now. We don't we don't really need to go into detail of what's going on in Saul, but uh, it's pretty g dang good. Um, we're finally gonna tie it back together with Breaking Bad, and uh, I'm all here for it. It's and we've had some fantastic episodes this half of the season, even though we have only have two, I think. 
Um, it's been great. How have you been liking Saul, huh? Very good. Yeah. There's no quality drop off. No. Ever. No, there is not. I think it's uh one of the best. It's, it's definitely up there. Uh, we'll see if it sticks to landing. Then I might be able to say it's as good as Breaking Bad. Uh, I already say it's as good as Breaking Bad. Well, I but they I, gotta stick it. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like right now, it's as good as Breaking Bad. But if they really flub the ending, then that's that's gonna ruin it. I don't know if it'll have as good an ending as Breaking Bad. I don't see how it will. Just because uh, it is now just going to be Breaking Bad, so yeah, that is true for four episodes. <laughs> it is a lot. I was like, "How is there four episodes?" It seems like there's one or two episodes left, but I guess we're gonna have like a whole arc in two thousand eight instead of two thousand six, two thousand five, five or something. Yeah, so that that's pretty exciting. Um, it's really good. If you have not seen Saul. And uh, you have, uh, and you like Breaking Bad. The first season slow. I tell this to everybody. I recommend Breaking Bad, or uh, not Breaking Bad, but Better Call Saul too. The first season, kind of slow. As soon as like the Sandpiper stuff happens, and uh, like more tension with him and Chuck, uh, it just hooks you, and it's it's fantastic. It's it's probably one of the most consistent shows after that. It's it's fan it's. Every arc is great, and you get to see how Jimmy becomes the worst guy ever. I saw a clip of Jimmy turning all those old ladies against Irene, and it made me so sad. Um, I forgot that arc, but it, it did make me feel rather sad. Uh, we got one more thing of show news. Uh, we got a new Spider-Man television show coming out in 2024. So we got some time, but this was the one thing I was interested in that Kevin Feige showed off. Because uh, I'm a big Spider-Man fan. Uh, that's like the only thing in Marvel I care about. I think, I think major like, generally I'm more of a DC guy because it tends to be a little darker and have like, like actual mysteries and stuff. It's detective comics, so I mean it it uh, it should be more mystery based. But I've always been a fan of Spider-Man, um, and we're getting a new TV show. It, it kind of looks like that, like, what-if style that they have for that show, which, frankly, I'm not a very big fan of. I watched the first episode, and I'm like, this animation's really bad, so I'm not going to watch any more of it. Uh, so that's a little unfortunate, but it's called Spider-Man Freshman Year, and it's uh, Spider-Man is a little baby boy in high school, uh, when he first gets his powers. Hopefully we don't get to see an origin story. That's like the one thing that I'll... I'll, I'll well, not the one thing, but I think one thing that uh, the Marvel Spider-Man got right is that you just jump in and he's already Spider-Man because everybody already knows that story. Um, everyone knows how he becomes Spider-Man. We've seen it twice already. I don't... He was bitten by a radioactive spider. No. It's true. It's hard to Boil. hard to believe. And then he works as a wrestler and he fights Bonesaw. Played by Bone Macho Man. <laughs> played by Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh except no, in Amazing Spider-Man, he gets bitten by a radioactive spider and then he's really hot because he's Andrew Garfield. Um not as good. Not as good. 
but yeah, I hope this I one doesn't just do the. We don't need to see Uncle Ben die again. We've we've <laughs> seen him die so many times. It's like like Batman and seeing uh, Bruce and or, uh, Martha. What what's his dad? Thomas Wayne, I think. Thomas and Martha Wayne. Like we keep seeing them die. Like it was in Batman versus Superman. It was in Batman eighty nine. It was in, uh, well, the beginning of Batman Begins. Uh, so we've seen it. Everybody knows the robber shoots his parents and leaves Bruce Wayne alive, and then he becomes Batman. We don't need to see it. That's why the Batman didn't have it in it. We already know. We just we know that he's a depressed guy because he listens to Nirvana as he's riding his uh, motorcycle on the street. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on this Spider-Man show as more details come out, but we're probably not going to get anything for another year. So, there you go. Let's get into some movie news. We have, uh, I guess we'll keep with the Spider-Man theme. Spider-Man No Way Home More Fun Stuff version. The extended version is uh, re-releasing in theaters in the U.S. on September 1st. Uh, that does vary. There is a huge chart that they posted of uh, where when it's releasing. Uh, some places are getting it like two or three days earlier than us, and some places are getting like a week later than us. So uh, check your local and regional time to figure out when this movie comes out for you. Um, but for us, it's going to come out on September 1st. I'll probably wait to see what people say about it. I don't think I'm... This is not going to be one that I'm going to, you know, go for a midnight release. Because I've already seen the film, frankly. I don't know what they're going to add. Um, but also tied to that, the, the, the Raimi trilogy of Spider-Man films are going to be added to Netflix on August 1st. Just, just a week away from this podcast coming out. So if you've not seen those and you want to see... Some of the best superhero movies ever. Uh, Spider-Man 2 is one of my favorite movies. Um, I would highly recommend those movies. Uh, not the third one. Well, you can watch the third one. There's some funny cringe moments that you might enjoy. Uh, Emo McGuire, whatever they call him, he's in it. Uh, and there's the infamous uh, get me cookies with nuts line because he's gone nuts. It's, it's really clever. Um, it, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's a case of, uh, a studio controlling Sam Raimi, which basically happened again with Dr. Strange two. Um, I would say that Spider-Man three and Dr. Strange two are exactly equal. They're both two and a half stars out of five. They are completely passable. Um, or mid. Or as mid, say. as they say, they do. They do say mid. I'm not quite up, quite up to date on my lingo. I'm I'm a I'm a good ten years behind everybody, um, but that's okay. Uh, then we got some news about Avatar. Get excited, people! Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Avatar, the best show of all time. Uh, the the creators of it, DiMartino and Konietzko, they made a Avatar Studios, and they've announced what the first film is going to be. Uh, originally, it was going to be uh, about Kiyoshi, 
that is not not the first one. The first one is going to be, uh, I guess, do you remember those like flashbacks in Korra where it's like adult Aang and like Katara and Toph and everybody? Uh, not quite as old as they are in Korra and not kids anymore. So we're getting like, as they're setting up Republic City, uh, it's that era. And it's going to be centered on the gang, if you will. Uh, that doesn't really come across right. Uh, Two A's. Firmly. Yes, when you write it out, it's G-A-A-N-G, because it's a funny play on words. A pun, play on know. words, that is quite fun. I would say so. Um, so, I'm excited. Uh, I'm interested to see where Sokka went, because Sokka is the only one that is not even brought up in He Korra. dies. He probably dies. Uh, or they'll just, like adapt the comics, which I think that's what Paramount's doing. I think they're just going to adapt like the Kyoshi comics and the Korra comics and the, uh, the avatar comics, which the, those are great. I've read like the first five or six, uh, of the, the avatar comics. They're fantastic. And I know what happens to, uh, um, Zuko's mom. So, I don't know why they haven't made a power. No one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They bring it up in Korra only to shoot it down, even though they knew that what happened by the time that show came out. But I won't spoil it in case they make a movie or a TV show or whatever. Um, It might even be in this movie. Who knows? Um, So that'll be the first movie. We didn't get any release date or anything for that. So keep you posted. But that was the first little bit of news out of Avatar Studios we have. And that's it, that's it from news for me. I have some music things, but you're probably going to talk about it. So we'll move on to some movies. Uh, do I talk about Fast and Furious or do I talk about Nope first? Uh, what what will go make in you- order of bad mid good okay i can go bad well bad is fast five mid is fast and furious four and then nope is pretty good um i thought it was switched yeah you thought that nope was really bad yeah and that fast five was the best movie fast five sucks i hate fast five (laughs) i was here's the thing so i watched fast and furious aka fast and furious four and fast five uh, over the span of this weekend, uh, Fast Four is actually pretty good. I was shocked. Um, it's a basic revenge story because Michelle Rodriguez's character gets killed, even though I'm pretty sure they bring her back later in the series. Yeah, there's no way she's dead. <laughs> yeah, she's not. She's not in four. She's like, well, barely in it because they show her dying, uh, and then she's not in Fast Five. So I assume they bring her back later. Um, but I'm, I don't know if they planned on it because in fast four, there's a dude who's like, yeah, I killed her. I walked up with my pistol and shot her as I like rammed her car and made it spin all over. And then I shot her and then, uh, Vin, Vin Diesel kills him. Um, and I'm like, okay, that's fun. It was, it was a, it was an interesting thing. There was some really great car stuff in, uh, the fourth one where I was like, wow, wow, that's like awesome. I love seeing all the the fun car tricks because it's all, I mean, it looks real. I think I would tell if it was fake because it's like 2008 CGI. 
Um, but it looks, it was really well done. Some great stunt driving. Uh, and then Fast Five sucks so hard because they... Is that the one where they do the runway? The runway. Uh, I don't think so. There is one with a runway where it's like <laughs> 25 miles long. Oh, no, that's not in uh, this one. I know what you're talking about because I've seen the trailer for that one. Yeah. That's either like seven or, or eight, I think. Uh, no, this one's the one in Brazil. It has the infamous line, this is Brazil. It's all worth it for that line. Yeah, this one is also the first one with The Rock. The Rock comes in as Hobbs. Oh, I forgot to mention that Gal Gadot is in the fourth one, and it's so weird. Because she's like a big movie star now, but this was like straight out of her being an Israeli model. So she's like super, super skinny. And I'm like, this is weird. I'm used to seeing her as Wonder Woman in Zack Snyder's Justice League in 4-3 black and white. Uh, so Creative that, purposes. Creative purposes. Your TV's not broken. Uh, so in Fast Five, Vin Diesel, they, they go all in on the story. And the story sucks. It's just them escaping the law. So they go to Brazil, and then the FBI guys are trying to kill them. And then uh, Cristobal from Barry it plays one of the mob guys, and he's <laughs> also hunting them, which is so funny. So, like, this guy is just, like, a fun, like, house cat guy who got tortured in Barry Season 3. Uh, it's, it's weird seeing him as the antagonist. Um, there is a cool chase where they... They steal this huge vault out of a police station. In, um, yeah, I remember so, that. Yeah, they have, it's like the, I don't know why there's a huge vault in the police station. It's implied that like the head mob guy or the whatever, the big gangster guy uh, it has bought all the police. So he just stores all of his money in the basement of a police station. Uh, which I don't, I don't get that. That does not seem like a secure location to me. People go walk into police stations all the time. You just don't get it. You're not a mastermind uh, mob boss. That is true. It's hidden in plain sight. Exactly. I guess, but because of that, Dwayne Johnson just rams his armored car through the wall, and then uh, Paul Walker and Vin Diesel drive two muscle cars in, and then they just tow the. <laughs> the the vault out of the police station which is the dumbest chase ever because it's these two cars that have like tethered a huge vault it's like a story tall and like like two car lengths wide and it's like they're just dragging it through the rio streets and like as they're turning the vault like careens into buildings and kills civilians and i'm like i'm supposed to be rooting for these guys like they're there's so yeah. much <laughs> collateral damage <laughs> happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like watching like Man of Steel or something, where like Superman is like any Marvel movie where they just destroy the city. Right. Well, I think Man of Steel is the most egregious because it's him and Zod, and they're just like flying through buildings in Metropolis and like toppling an entire cityscape. It's like how is how is this guy the good guy? How is Superman? He's doing nothing. 
they were fighting in Smallville, like this little farm town, and then Superman flew them to a way more heavily populated area <laughs> just to have like huge explosions and stuff because Zack Snyder loves superheroes. But enough about that. Let's get back to this stupid Fast and Furious movie. Uh, and then my DVD skipped, and then half of the, the chase got cut out, which I was thankful for. Uh, Dang it. I know. I was kind of into the chase because I'm like, this is just dumb. But then it just ended. Um, maybe I should have played the extended uh, version, which was also... Yeah, that was your mistake. It was included on the DVD, and I'm like, no, I, this movie is two hours and 15 minutes. I don't want an extended version of this. Um, so no, you do. Now I can say that I'm halfway through the Fast and Furious franchise. As of now, because I have 6, 7, 8, 9, and then Hobbs and Shaw. And then the 10th one isn't out yet. So hopefully I'll be able to finish these before the 10th one comes out so that I can uh, see it in theaters and give my my thoughts on the new Fast and Furious film. But I feel like 5 is a turning point and it's yep. only going to get worse from here. Yep. Uh, I was kind of in. I was like, yes, Fast 4 was awesome. Like, I, if every movie was Fast 4, I would be completely fine with it. Um, but then Fast 5 happens, and it's just like, let's bring in everybody from all of the other movies, even though it doesn't make sense. Like, let's have Han come back from Tokyo Drift, even though he dies in Tokyo Drift. And it's it's just dumb. It's it's, uh, it's a bad the, franchise. The vault thing is probably the most realistic thing that will happen in the next four <laughs> films, just so you know. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I know I mentioned this last week when we talked about uh, Tokyo Drift, um, but it it doesn't make any sense that Tokyo Drift takes place after all of the Fast and Furious movies, because Han dies in that one. So they wanted to bring him back because people liked his character so much. So then they're like, okay, well, let's just put that one at the end. But in Fast and Furious 3, they're driving like really old cars, or not really old, but cars that were relevant in like 2005 they were arguing about like bartering for ipods and like stuff like that so very 2005 so now every single fast and furious movie has to take place in the early 2000s except they don't do that at all and it's like technology keeps advancing as uh cgi and stuff improves because people want dumb car movies and they want a big spectacle. They want to see a car shoot out of one skyscraper and land in another one. But that doesn't make any sense. When Not to mention that all the movies going forward have the most up-to-date car models humanly possible. <laughs> right. So it doesn't make any sense that Tokyo Drift happens all of the after all of I those. think I think some car companies have debuted their new car like in the movies because it's like a that, year ahead of what actually is out. That would make sense. Because I'm sure that's, like, a great advertising for yeah. that car. Like, wow, The Rock drove that car up into space. So I want to get that car. That's crazy. <laughs> I can probably do that. So I'm really disappointed in the Fast and Furious franchise. I was I was really into it, except uh, 2 was really bad. Um, I think my ranking is 4, 3, 1... Two five. So, there you go. You for now, saying four three two one right there. No, well, no, 
two two is worse than one. One I didn't really like one, but now I'm starting to appreciate one a lot more. Exactly, because <laughs> everything else is so dumb. Um, one will be like near the top of your list when you're done. So, yeah, I don't know. It'll, it'll we'll see. Um, yeah, I don't know how The Rock is gonna be coming back. Like he was a part of Vin Diesel's team because a bunch of his uh, like squad mates were shot by Crystal Ball. Um, so he's like, I'll be with you only if we kill this son of a bitch Crystal Ball. Oh, my <laughs> and then he drove through the wall and then he looked over at Vin Diesel and he's like, what can I say except you're welcome? Do the music. And then they, they turned into a musical. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. Nope. Let's talk about Jordan Peele's new action thriller, Nope, a.k.a. the summer blockbuster of the year. No spoilers. There's going to be no spoilers for Nope. I saw it opening weekend on IMAX because I am a huge Jordan Peele fan. I've seen one episode of Key and Peele, and I thought Get Out was pretty good. So you can say that I'm the biggest key. I know everything. <laughs> I'm the best. I'm the biggest Jordan Peele fan out there. Um, I have not seen Us. Uh, I am a huge weenie when it comes to horror movies. Uh, probably my my one flaw when it comes to watching movies. I am a, a perfect guy. person, except I don't like horror movies. <laughs> I think I'm pretty open when it comes to movies. I'll watch obscure French movies. I'll watch dumb David Lynch masterpieces. Uh, I'll watch just about everything except I hate jump scares. Um, and this is something that, Ooh. yeah, it's too, too frightening for me. Uh, uh, and this is something that, uh, Jay from red letter media put, uh, I'm, and I'm going to quote him cause he's a big horror movie guy. And he says, uh, jump scares are not scary. They're startling. They will, uh, like make you leave the theater and be like, oh wow, that was so scary. It ended with a big jump scare. But like movies like The Exorcist are like shot like dramas. Um, so like you're just like following this family as this demon is possessing this girl and like they're like they're trying every other option, every medical and science thing out there and they have to resort to this thing. And it's like a really creepy atmosphere. One of one of my like one of the best horror movies, in my opinion, is Rosemary's Baby. That is not a uh, unpopular opinion at all. But there's not like one jump scare in the entire movie. And that movie, just thinking about it, makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. It is one of the most chilling experiences I've ever had in my entire life. And, uh, that movie came out like 50 years ago. It came out in the sixties or I guess 60 years ago. Now it's kind of crazy. Um, so I'm more like modern horror movies, like, uh, like conjuring paranormal activity, the Annabelle stuff, um, insidious to some degree. They, they are like commercially, uh, they just do all the jump scares and it's, uh, dumb and it's a cheap way to achieve 
uh, just a horror thing, because horror is always successful when it comes to theaters, because people love horror movies. Um, but, you know, you watch The Bye-Bye Man, and... Uh, I like, love The Bye-Bye Man. <laughs> that movie's not creepy at all, but there's jump scares. So people saw it and were like, oh, that was a pretty good movie, because uh, there was jump scares in it. That's, that's very cheap, and I, I think it's very bad. Um, which is why Jordan Peele stuff has always appealed to me. Pun intended. Uh, Get Out is uh, one of the best horror movies I've seen. It is definitely up there. Uh, and I think a lot of that comes from uh, his ability to kind of show the horrors of like everyday life. Um, so in Get Out, it was very like race-based kind of uh, rich people viewing black people as a vi- like I'm not I'm not gonna spoil it because get out any is great. people yeah but they just happen to be rich yeah yeah but there's there's some great metaphors in Get Out and it's a uh, that that ending is phenomenal it's it's one of the best horror things it's a great climax. It's a, it's a great film. I think it's on Hulu. So if you have not seen it, I highly recommend it. Um, but I think that movie... I, I, it's been too long since I've seen it. Um, but I'm not going to say anything about it. Uh, except that it's very good. So I was very excited to see Nope. The trailer looked weird. Um, the movie is not as weird as the trailer made it seem. The movie is a alien movie. I think everybody knew that. Everybody saw the flying saucer. Um, but the thing is, is that the people on this ranch they want to uh, get a picture of it. They want to get footage of it, and they want to be the first people to like have clear footage of a UFO, and then they're gonna sell it because their horse ranch that is like they they like raise and breed horses for movies it's a it's like hollywood haywood uh horse ranch i think that's what it's called um so that that's their main goal there isn't like a lofty metaphor it's an alien movie jordan peele's kind of taken a step back from the horror stuff and he's just made kind of a summer blockbuster um i there are moments of it that are like legitimately chilling though. Um, that is separate from the alien thing. Um, the opening shot of the movie is one of, (laughs) one of the scariest openings I've ever seen. Um, and then there's like one other scene that's like that. And it's, it's the same scene, just a little bit more. Um, and that's pretty much it. There's like one fake out jump scare where like a praying mantis uh, like lands on their camera and then they play like a loud noise because people and people like jump scares, I guess. Um, but that was it. The rest of it is just like an alien movie. Um, it like it kind of rem- reminded me of of Independence Day, like the good stuff of Independence Day, because that movie I'm going to say it. I'm going to say the quiet part out loud. That movie's not very good. What? I know. I love Will Smith. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's very dumb. Ended. 
Uh, yeah, I know. I have completely, uh, uh, I've ruined my credibility as a movie watcher. <laughs> um, but Nope uh, was pretty solid. I don't know. It better I, than Signs, though. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been too long since I've seen Signs. <laughs> I would say yes. I think it's 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 not a great horror movie. I wouldn't even categorize it as a horror movie. The the stuff that they showed in the trailer that like made it look creepy, like there was that like that woman with like she looked like a monkey or something uh, with like the veil that was in the trailer. Um, that's like. I'm not going to spoil what that is, but like, that's not, uh, that's not Just scary. Tell me the whole movie. I, well, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't want to get into spoilers. Um, because I do think the movie is very good. I just wouldn't go into it thinking it's a horror movie. I think I was going to go into it expecting zero out of anything. <laughs> okay. Cause the trailer gave me nothing. No. Um, no, I think, I think the movie's pretty good. I think the first half is, really really solid um the the eh, the 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 end of the second act is pretty good and then the third act is kind of schlocky um i'm not a huge fan of the ending of this movie um but you know that being said i did give it four stars out of five i thought it was pretty solid um great acting across the board i love daniel kaluuya so much um, and he plays like a socially awkward dude, which I've never seen him, but he pulls it off so well. Like I, I empathize so much with him. Uh, and Kiki Palmer has a uh, swagger for days. So she is great. Um, that's pretty much, I mean, it's pretty much just those two. There is the, the guy with like the bleached hair. I don't know his name. Um, but he's, he's pretty good too. I mean, he's, he's a supporting character. I think the whole movie kind of centers around Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya, which is great because I think both of them are very talented. So go see Nope now. Nope. Nope. That 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 is one of the best lines in the movie. Daniel Kaluuya sees like the aliens and he's just like, he's in his car and he's just like, nope, and then he locks the door. <laughs> That's the name of the movie. I know. That's I don't know. Did he? Did they say get out and uh, get out? <laughs> I don't remember. I need to see it because I feel like he's probably said all the titles. Because us, I mean, surely someone said us. That's that's a very yeah. Common that's just word. kind of a word you say. Uh, but get out. I don't know if get out was in get out. Nope was in nope. Us was probably in us. Uh, I'll have to rewatch get out. I I do need to rewatch it. It's been like five years because i think we watched it when it came out or around there 2017 18 around there so there's my review of nope we'll have a spoiler discussion in a couple weeks probably um next week bullet train comes out i might go see that i like brad pitt and the guy from atlanta Yeah, I've seen that trailer so many times because it's like in front of every single movie I watch. Um, but, you know, I love Brad Pitt. I love uh, Al from Atlanta's in it. Uh, that's it for recognize. Oh, the the chick from Kissing Booth. I think her name is Joey King. She's in, she's in it. I'll probably watch it. It looks dumb. 
And it's by the guys who made Deadpool 2. So that's that's exactly what I want out of an action movie. I also saw the, the trailer for Oppenheimer, uh, Christopher Nolan's new flick. Uh, I, I don't know if it only played in front of the IMAX version, uh, because for those who don't know, uh, <laughs> Christopher Nolan is an IMAX slut. He absolutely loves IMAX. And he exclusively shoots on IMAX cameras, which is not great because, uh, and, and this is going to, you're going to notice this every time you watch a Christopher Nolan movie, the aspect ratio of each scene is different based on what kind of IMAX camera he uses. So if you rewatch like, uh, what's that? What's the fricking army one? Uh, his last... No, not Tenet. Well, you know, I never saw Tenet. But it's just going to be, like, randomly changing as you go scene for scene, uh, which is kind of annoying. But, you know, he loves his IMAX stuff. But Oppenheimer looks fine. I think it's about the guy who made the nuke. I think that's who Oppenheimer is. Um, interesting. I might see it. I'm more interested in seeing that than I am in seeing Tenet, so... There's that. Let's move on to music. What? When are they making 11-it? 11-it? Oh, that's very funny. Hopefully that's his next movie. I saw Christian Bale was like, in interviews for Thor, he was like, I'd be down to do a a Dark Knight 4. Just Christopher Nolan needs to send me a call. Uh, I don't think that's gonna age happen. me on my telly. Yeah, like as soon as that happened, everybody was like, "Dark Knight Four confirmed." Dark Knight oh Four God. confirmed. It's not happening. No, Christopher Nolan is done making comic book movies. He was done making comic book movies when he made his last comic book movie. That that movie is barely about Batman. It's about Christian Bale breaking his back and then climbing out of a hole. Uh, and he made. In uh, Inception, in between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, because he was like, I'm done with comic book stuff, it's dumb, and I don't want to do it anymore, and I'm Chris uh, Christopher Nolan, and I can do better than that. And then he made... Uh, and then he did. And then he made Tenet, and nobody cares about that movie. <laughs> but he did, he made... Why can't I think of the freaking plane movie? The Speed. <laughs> yeah, it's Speed. <laughs> uh, Chris Nolan... Uh, Man, everyone forgets about this movie. It's not even... Dunkirk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With, uh, that... with uh, Harry Styles. Harry Styles is in it. Yeah. 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 I thought that movie was just Dece. I think Grant lives and dies by that movie, but I thought it was all right. Um, He's more of a Nolan fan, though. He is. And he likes World War Two. Although I think this is World War One. Oh, wait, no, it is World he War II. He likes war. He likes war. Um, man of war. Man of war. I just thought it was confusing, which I guess you could say about literally any Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, But it was like, it jumped around in timelines. Like, it'll be like nighttime as you're following this person, and then daytime as you're following the plane people. Uh, And there was like three different timelines happening, and it was all happening at once. I thought that was kind of confusing. But smarter people than me saw it and really liked it, so... Who am I to say? Like Grant. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm not saying Grant is smarter than me. I don't think Grant is smarter than me. I'm a I genius. I can't, I can't build an airplane, so I'm just going <laughs> to... Exactly. Well, I don't give Grant enough credit. Yeah, he did build an airplane one time, so... Yeah. I think it flew. I don't remember. No, he hasn't built an airplane. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Not <laughs> yet. Um, I if, believe in him. If you want a good Christopher Nolan movie, I highly recommend Memento. It's a good movie. It's, I love Mementos. It's great. It happens backwards. It's a backwards movie. Classic. I saw someone made a joke that was like, I saw this indie film Memento. Everyone said it was backwards, but I liked it. Oh my god, that's very, that's very uh-huh. silly. A very funny joke. Uh-huh. Okay. They really thought they did something without. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, let's let's talk about music. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what are we out oh, yeah. To pull up Spotify, it's the worst application on the Corey planet. Feldman. <laughs> yeah, I didn't listen to the Corey Feldman song. I didn't either. But he he did release a song. I um, hope this is for a new album. I hope not. <laughs> What do you mean? I feel like he would have learned his lesson by now. No. Um, that cover art looks pretty bad. Uh, this looks like a funeral greeting card <laughs> invitation thing. Yeah, that so is, that's cool. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that happened. Um, what else we got? We got, we got, we got. I gotta scroll back down because I was too busy looking at Corey Feldman. Uh, <laughs> Billy Eilish. We got two songs out. A uh, little, 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 little two pack. Uh, guitar, guitar songs, songs. Yeah. yeah um i think these are pretty decent uh i i will say i feel like i still want her to go into this dark edgy em- or emo like pop stuff or something different because this is just like watered down phoebe bridgers no um i feel like she's not bringing anything new but like with that being said they still sound pretty good okay. so like i can't I can't discredit them a lot, but at the same time, it's like, okay, TV sounds like a Phoebe Bridgers song with worse lyrics. Um, and then the 30th seems like it's a slightly edgier Taylor Swift song. Um, oh, okay. Which is to say they're both pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But when it comes to Billy going forward, I would like to see it. I would like to see that that uniqueness that we got with her first album. Yeah. Um, even happier than ever had some unique qualities to it. Uh, but yeah, I think they're pretty good. Um, her voice is getting better and better, which is cool. That's good. Uh, production's not anything crazy, but I mean, it's guitar song. So it's a pretty, pretty bare instrumental palette yeah. here. Um, I think the 30th is better cause it's a really cool vocal build up at the end. Um, TV is kind of cool, but like, Lyrically, I feel like there's some rough spots. Uh, she kind of takes this TV metaphor to like places where it makes the songwriting seem kind of jagged. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that they're they're both pretty good. So was not expecting to hear anything from her uh, this soon. Again. Yeah, was that a shock? Uh, Rico Nasty released uh, an album. Oh, I have not listened to all of it. I have only listened to one song of it. Because it's produced by Dylan Brady of 100 Gex. Oh, okay. Um, and it, it bangs. It bangs. 
This dude sampled like the cartoon like boing sound effect <laughs> and put it in a beat, and then it's just the hardest beat you've ever heard. <laughs> um, it's like G funk, like it's like a, a an aggressive G funk beat, but okay. you have a boing in there, which is kind of quirky, <laughs> which quirky. does fit Rico Nasty quite a bit. Um, so that song is really good. I haven't listened to the whole album yet, but I will get there eventually. Um, what else we got? Uh, Jesse Ware released a new song. Um, I don't think, well, I think we have Jesse Ware on the wheel. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we have Rina Sawayame on there. I don't know if we have, uh, Jesse Ware, but she makes, uh, like dance music that sounds like it's from the eighties. Um, oh, okay. And the song is really sick uh, for yourself. It's pretty sick. I love it. Um, it's groovy. It's got great momentum to it. Um, I know everybody talks about her album from 2020, I think. Yeah, what's your pleasure? Uh, I haven't looked at that yet, but I might have to after this. This is pretty sick. We don't um, have it on the wheel. Okay. I, th- I thought I, I we have too many things on the wheel. I keep forgetting what's even on there and what's not. Yeah. Um, but that one's free game then. I can listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, listen to it. It's crazy. Um, Lucy dropped two songs on a Spotify singles two-pack, yeah. like they usually do. Um, got Partner in Crime, the non-autotune uh, version. So this is, will now be my go-to version. Yes, I um, like it more than the autotune yeah, version. Yeah, Partner in Crime is probably my least favorite from home video, which isn't saying too much. Um, but I, I think this version's a lot better. I agree. I that was my favorite song, and I think it's better. Yeah, I feel like just the in the album, it's like going, going, gong is like a beautiful acoustic piece, and then we just get auto tune <laughs> Lucy right after it. Um, which, which we know the context now. Yeah, we do know the context. I still yeah. don't like it. <laughs> okay, but I think this version's fantastic, and the version she did on tour as well is pretty similar to this, and I thought that yeah. was really great. Yeah, um, and then she did a share cover. Uh, do you believe in love <laughs> after love? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of funny. Um, I think it was I think it was well done. Yeah, just, I thought I was, was not fine. expecting no. that. <laughs> I was like, "What's believe?" I don't. And believe is such an all. ambiguous song title. I didn't know that it was a cover uh, yeah. of that. Like right away until it got to the chorus, I'm like, "Oh, interesting." <laughs> yeah, I know. It took me until the chorus too. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, this is just a new Lucy song. That's awesome. No, it's a share. Psych. It's a share cover. I didn't know the um, lyrics to the share version, so. I didn't either. I just know the, the chorus because everybody yeah. knows that. Yes. Um, yeah, those are cool. Uh, good to, good for... for uh, I, I know Spotify Singles does a lot of these stuff, so I always love when these come out. Live studio versions of songs are my favorite. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? I think Julian Baker dropped the B-Sides EP. Uh, I was wondering if anything was going to come from that one single. It's just a little B-Sides EP of three songs. Um, haven't gotten to them yet. But I don't know. I'll get to them before next week. Um, it's just three songs. I'm guessing they're just B-sides to Little Oblivions. Uh, got Three was really good, though. I really like that song. Um, so I got two other ones to check out. I'm sure they're good. Uh, Julian's always got quality. Uh, what else we got? Joey Badass. He dropped the album. What? It's crazy. After he delayed it for like a month for sample <laughs> issues or something. Um Supposed yeah. sample issues. Supposed, supposed. Uh, 2000. Um, it is pretty decent. I, I think I think this is good. Um, it's definitely like a, a throwback to like the 90s New York style. 
um, to an extent. It still sounds kind of pop rappy, um, but the beats are definitely swaying towards like old Nas instrumentals and stuff, which is cool. Um, haven't gotten into it lyrically enough. I just kind of had it playing, so I wasn't like looking or really trying to like listen for bars or whatever. Um, but a lot of the songs flowed pretty well. Uh, brand new 911 with West Side Guns, a banger. Uh, I know the one with Jid's pretty sick. Uh, I want to be loved with Jid, and Jid kind of killed that song again. I feel like he can outrap anybody on any song, so I don't know why people try. Um, Welcome Back with Chris Brown is probably the worst song I've heard in a while, so oh, that's good. Don't go to that one. Um, yeah, Chris Brown has a good voice, but he couldn't even save this track, so. I don't like Chris yeah. Brown very much. Yeah, I don't either, but he has a good voice, so sometimes he's used well. This is not one of the times he's used well. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I saw that uh, people were uh, angry that he compared himself to Kendrick and J. Cole. I think people were more angry that J. Cole's in that conversation. Oh, is that it? But I do think J. Cole's better than Joey Badass on record. Okay. Although I think 1999 is probably better than any of J. Cole's albums. I still think J. Cole's a better rapper. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, everybody does that thing. It's always like, oh, I'm in the top three with Kendrick and Cole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everybody does that. It's at this point, it's so played out where if someone says it, it's just like, whatever. Yeah. You just use that for a rhyme, um, which is fine. It's, it's generic. I, I wish someone would have a better way of putting that out there. Um, or just not mentioning them. That that could be cool. Be yeah. your own person, you know? I don't think Kendrick's the best rapper out right now, but like... Yeah. Q-tip I, is. Q-tip is. <laughs> <laughs> if Q-tip still rapped, I think Q-tip would be my favorite. I don't know. I like Q-tip's Q-tip. Q-tip's pretty good. His production, though, is always the, the, the shining star. It's like Kanye. I, Although I, his voice is really great. I love I love when he does choruses on features. I think he's very good at that. I love Q-Tip. Q-Tip's great. I um, hate Fife Dog. <laughs> Fife Dog ruins every track that Q-Tip is on. <laughs> he's just dissing a dead man. Hot That's crazy. Take. That's Hot crazy. Take. It's okay. You can do that. He's not going to defend himself. God, I'm cutting this part out. Um... <laughs> But yeah, overall, I think this album's pretty decent. I'll see how much I return to it. Um, I think the back half of it is definitely better for me. Um, I think like "Want to Be Loved" to that to the closing track, though that four track run is really great. Um, but yeah, nothing crazy. I don't know. I didn't have a lot of expectations for this, but I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, this is the comeback Joey record. It's going to be like insane because he's like following up his 1999 mixtape." I just didn't really have a lot of expectations going into it, but I think it's still pretty decent. Okay. Um, one of the better hip hop records this year. Um, what else do we have? I think that's all I have liked. Let me see if I have anything not liked in my playlist. I don't think so. Um, we could talk about Kid Cudi getting uh, assaulted. That could be cool. Yeah, that was uh, uh, sucky. Yeah, um, Kanye and Rolling Loud are both uh, massive uh, idiots. Um, Kanye pulled out of Rolling Loud like a week before. Yeah. Um, and Rolling Loud was like, sorry, we, we can't give you Wii funds on your tickets. So you're going to have to sit through an artist you don't want to go to. And this is in the middle of a Cuddy and uh, Kanye beef. Yeah. Um, 
where Cuddy did absolutely nothing, and then Kanye decided to be mad at him for some reason. I don't know why. Um, Didn't he I say think that it's that because was the he likes song that he was going to be? I with? think it's because Cuddy was like hanging out with Pete Davidson or has hanged out with Pete Davidson or something. Oh, I don't know. It's really stupid and childish. Um, but anyway, Rolling Loud's like, we'll replace him with Kid Cuddy. Uh, and everybody was like, why? Like, Kid Cuddy's great, but when you compare... Kanye can do, like, two sets that are two hours on Rolling Loud and have it still just be his top hits. Yeah. Like, he has so many top hits, he could create, like, a four-hour track list um, easily. And we saw him do that at that Drake concert. Yeah. Um, where he just went through, like, the biggest hits of the last decade, and it still took up, like, an hour and 40 minutes. And then Drake came out and played Certified Lover Boy. Uh <laughs> But to replace him with Kid Cudi, Kid Cudi has some some hits, but like not enough for a headliner act. No, um, unfortunately, I think Kid Cudi's great, but like that's not the person you bring in. One because of the correlation between the two at that moment, and then two because that's not a headlining act in 2022. If no. this was like 2011 or 2012, for sure, like Kid Cudi will be the headliner, and that'd be good. Um, but yeah, the, and then just Kanye came out on Lil, on Lil Durk's <laughs> set while Cuddy was performing, so Kanye showed up anyways. Yeah. And there's not a contract obligation there, apparently. And I don't know, festivals are just the shadiest things on earth. And it makes it worse when you have an out-of-control man like backing out of a festival because he can't bring out Travis Scott and then just sneaking into the festival anyways. To oh, go on that, someone else's stage. Is that why he backed out? Because he couldn't. I'm pretty sure because they wouldn't let him bring Travis Scott out, um, which is kind of petty. But I mean, I guess if, you, if you're if you're gonna ride for Travis Scott, I guess ride for him. Um, I yeah, I think it's because of the Astro and stuff. Yeah. Which I, I feel like he needs a breather for a little bit. <laughs> Although that wouldn't be a Travis Scott, you know, made festival, but still. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything against Travis Scott performing still, as long as he has obviously like up in the quality of security and safety. Um, but we haven't really seen that yet since he hasn't performed, but festival crowds are always just like the worst crowds. Um, yeah. Didn't, uh, didn't that happen to, was it Travis Scott? Cause people wanted to see Drake. No, that was, uh, it was Drake got booed off of Flogna cause Frank Ocean was supposed to headline. Yeah, that's um, right. And then they booed Drake off, which is strange because I feel like I would enjoy a Drake headliner. There's he's got so many hits. Like that's a good headliner. Yeah. And if you, I, I mean, I guess there are a lot of uh, odd future people that would be like the Drake cringe. <laughs> I want, I want Frank Ocean and Tyler, which I can see. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But still, booing artists off of stage and throwing things at them for a festival that you're attending is still a little weird. It's cringe, for uh, sure. It is very cringe, especially when, like, I felt like a majority of people that liked Cuddy also loved Kanye um, before this whole little beef thing that is non-existent. Um, so just to see these weird, like, this weird turn from Kanye fans is really stupid. But they are Kanye fans, so, I mean... That's how it happens. If yeah. you're not parasocially like writing for your your uh, your artist, then are you really a fan? Um, but yeah, bad situation. I hate it. Uh, Cuddy deserves more respect. He's kind of been 
getting thrashed on the timeline and stuff recently. Yes. Um, I don't know where this uh, turn to hate on Cuddy thing came from besides this Kanye thing, but it has happened quite quickly, and I think it's really stupid. Yeah. Um, Twitter is becoming, or just all social media in, in general, is just becoming worse and worse, I think. There's there's no nuance anywhere anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that, this just further solidifies that I'm never going to a festival because I hate those things. Yeah, I don't want to. There's too much drama and heat and people and everything involved. Yeah. Like, I'm going to pay tickets to go to my artists doing their thing on their own stage in their own, like, way. Yeah. Instead of, like, 16 musical acts all in four <laughs> hours. Have you seen the, the stuff from the Weekends concert? Yeah. It's like After insane. Hours Tour looks sick. This is why he wanted stadiums so he could do all this outside. <laughs> yeah. With, like, an entire city skyline that's not a screen and, like, an actual built-out city. Dude's got a moon. It's crazy. It's crazy. I know Kendrick's doing some wild stuff, too, but I've been <laughs> trying not to look at it too much. Yeah, I think he has, like, a choir or something. He's got fun. a lot of things. I yeah. don't want to spoil anything, though, but yeah, he's, he's, doing, he's doing a stage show. So yes. we're, we're going to be in for a treat with that. It'll I'm trying not to spoil it for myself. Um, but I'm liking what I'm seeing so far mm-hmm. from there. So we have that next month. Yes. Um, next week we got Beyonce. So oh, great. that'll be, uh, I'm not that'll be out next week. I'll probably listen to it. I don't know. It seems like it's going to be a dance record. I Well, we definitely aren't going to make a video about that. Or a house record. We are going to die in the comments. No, yeah, we would never make a Beyonce video. Yeah. That's probably the worst artist to make a reaction video to, even if you are a big fan of Beyonce. But we are going to do an Eminem video. I can take Eminem fans. I know what I'm dealing with there. (laughs) Okay. It's different when it's a genre that I'm not familiar with and I'm getting clowned. When I'm, like, deep in that genre that I'm getting clowned in, I can take that. That's That's no problem. I don't want to deal with them. I know fans. what I'm talking about then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's coming up. I don't know. Let me, let me see. Let me see this highly anticipated albums thing. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just that is coming out next week that I remember. Um, just Beyonce and Nav. Nav's coming. Nav. Too. Oh, I forgot, I about, forgot Nav. about Nav for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Never forget the goat. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Nav is coming next week. I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, that's coming out. Uh, other than that, I've been just uh, neck deep in Snail Mail and uh, Black Midi. Those are the two records that I'm just really going through right now because they're both amazing. Lush is great. Lush is just growing so much on me, just like Valentine did, and except that we've sped up the process. So Both are great. <laughs> well, both great. Lushes are great. Yeah. 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 I guess spoiler for the videos coming out. Spoiler for the videos. Um, We won't go deeper into that, though. You you have to listen or watch the video to get the the full thing there. Um, Other than that, I'm trying to figure out where I maneuver next. Um, Swans is pretty much done besides, like, their early, early stuff, Um, which is, like, literally hardcore punk. Um, Oh. Where it is harsh and loud and screamed vocals and like that kind of stuff. So I'll probably get through uh filth at least. I, Cause that, that one's rated pretty good. The rest of them are just kind of like, eh, 
Okay. So I don't know if I'm going to get through those, but I don't know if I'm going to like Filth. We'll see. Um, I think it's it'll be interesting. Other than that, we just have uh, I have White Light and uh, Love of Life, which White Light we have on my wheel, so I'm going to wait for that one. Oh, okay. But that that's like the last like quote unquote great Swans album. So um, I've pretty much gone through uh, the the big hitters in the discography at least. Um, let me check. I feel like I feel like I'm missing a lot, but I am missing like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, technically, eight, technically. Um, but at the same time, like I've already listened to like seven of them, mm-hmm. and the seven that I've listened to are just really great. And all the ones that I have avoided are either ones we're doing a video on, or like the ones that are just kind of like, oh, this is a cool album, but like this is not what Swan sounds like. Oh. You so, should go through pretty much done with that. records. I am not doing that. Um, Why not? I, you afraid? I don't, don't want to do pop punk. <laughs> Fine, do Panic at the Disco. That's just pop. That's even worse. That would... <laughs> God, that would suck. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm going back to The Glowing Man the most, because that was the one that intrigued me, and it, it hits harder every time. So. Is that the cat? I've never had her. Nah, that's the... Uh, I don't know what's on the cover of that. It's like an arm, but like a flying arm, but it also could be like a bird. Maybe. It's like a bird with an arm, maybe. Uh, uh, I'm going bird with an arm. Bird with arm head. I'm thinking like a bird that's like flying, and then there's like a hand that can reach down and grab things. Oh, I see. I see. I feel like that fits. That'd, that'd be that'd be terrifying, yeah. I think that fits, but no, no. I've been going back to this one the most. I feel like uh, I've never had something uh, hypnotize me as much as this record. This record will put you in a deep trance for like twenty five minutes, and then intentionally like slam a chord on a guitar to wake you up into the best groove you've ever heard in your life. Um, this is definitely the hardest one to get into because there's so much just atmosphere and like floating. Um, but I, I think it's the most rewarding. I'm getting the most out of it. Um, and the back half of it was like, actually the whole second disc is like literally more perfect than perfect. Um, you could go through like the entire set of all human emotions within that disc. So that might be the most transcendent music ever created right there. Um, but yeah, their, their catalog's almost done and I've given like two hundred out of a hundred perfect scores. I might move up the glowing man to that since I'm literally just deep into that record. I think it's better every time, but gone through the Godspeed discography and most of Swan's discography and two out of the three Sigaros, uh, big albums. So at that point, there's a couple other post rock, uh, things I can check out. I know there's like explosions in the sky and stuff. I feel like I've hit the best of post rock so far, so I might pivot into post punk. Maybe got some joy division and stuff I could pick up on. Um, or I go to shoegaze. (laughs) <laughs> it would be interesting to get into emo, like real emo. Yeah. Because every every emo thing we've checked out on the channel so far has been really interesting. You um, should listen to that Los Campesinos record. That that one does sound pretty good. That that one song's really great. Um, so that could be something. But I also have Shoe Shoegaze. Uh, we have we do have a couple of Shoegaze albums on my list. Oh. Um, so I have a couple crossed off that we're going to do videos for, but I think I have a couple others I could start getting into. I don't have a uh, starter pack for that 
record or for that genre. So I might have to search out some resources for that. Um, but other than that, the only other thing I knew I listened to is uh, this Disintegration Loops album um, by William Basinski. Uh, it's an hour and 14 minutes long. It's two songs. One is an hour and one is 10 minutes. Um, it's an ambient, like, it's it's just tape loops. Uh, and then apparently this is just tape loops slowly, like, breaking and disintegrating. Um which is interesting. I think the backstory of this record is that it was finished on 9-11 and that he was just like finishing it up while there's like smoke and ash still covering the city or something. Oh, um, okay. Which, I mean, you can you can hear it in the music. It's definitely got that kind of tone to it where it's kind of like uh, pacing and lost a little bit. Um, but I don't know. I, I think it's a pretty cool ambient piece. It's hard to talk about ambient music because it's just kind of there. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a purely emotive genre, like it's all about atmosphere, um, so it's kind of impossible to describe. Which is why, if I do dig deeper into ambient, then these are going to be really quick uh, albums to talk about because you literally just have to experience them. Because I'm not gonna the, all all I'm going to talk about is my personal experience of what I felt during it. Because there's literally no other way to talk about ambient music. Um, yeah, I mean, but I think that was pretty good. That was it was definitely more like. Uh, downtrodden and like a uh, somber version of ambient. Um, not like any of the Brian Eno stuff. That's more like just smooth and pretty. Um, mm. It reminded me a little bit of like the, that caretaker uh, dementia album a little bit where the tapes just kind of started disintegrating more and more. And the music got a little bit more demented and broken up, um, but just to a lesser extent and one that's not going to take me seven hours to get through. Um, I don't know if I'm still up for that challenge yet. I feel like I still have to, work my way up to that aka find a day to do that and not the near future because that seems like a lot yeah that's that's six hours of music that you're supposed to consume all at once <laughs> um for the maximum effect you're supposed to listen to all of it How so do you, that's like watching all the lord of the rings movies or something one yeah day. you literally have to take an entire day for that because even if you do it in the morning your day's gonna be ruined yeah after that so yeah it would. It, I I have to set up like I'd have to schedule something on my calendar to do that one, um, but I've gone through enough demented and twisted and music that like literally reshapes uh, the way your brain thinks about music albums this year that I'm good for now. I don't okay. need any more of those this year. I've already gotten like like possessed and like put into a cult and floated into space and broken in half through all these records already i feel like i've taken enough mental mental anguish that's probably um, true already but it's the best kind of mental anguish because it, it's it's the most interesting music i've ever heard so but yeah post uh post rock coming to a close kind of although i'm still jamming all these records so like i'll probably dig deeper into the genre once i get that that uh spark back but i know there's a couple like big records i need to check out still so i'll probably do those but i don't know if i'm going to dive into every artist discography like i've been doing yeah um, but i'm feeling post-punk because post-punk's kind of in the same route um just not quite the same so i know there's joy division records and records that i should have heard by now but i haven't so there's always something out there yeah and i'm gonna listen to it so well we'll see where that goes i haven't planned anything out but Okay. That's that's if I ever feel like I need to listen to more music again, because now I feel like I have a playlist of like solid stuff to listen to. Yeah, that's true. 
I think that's it. Um, yeah, that's that's all I'm seeing on my list here. Do we want to talk about the GameStop Phantom FT? Um, if you want to. It's really gross, and I hate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those, NFTs are already gross, and then they just made it even more gross. That is, it's one of the most disrespectful things I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, for those who do not know, GameStop has started selling NFTs. And one of the first NFTs they made is a parody of the 9-11 suicide uh, photo. I don't, I don't know exactly what it's called. Um, but it's like the guy upside down looks like he's kind of running. Um, one of the most famous images of post 9-11. And they're doing a parody of it and selling it on their uh, NFT spot. I... I don't know. <laughs> I am... And it's uh, $46. There's 25 of them available. <laughs> yeah. Imagine doing that all for forty-five dollars. <laughs> I I saw it today and I was uh, left speechless. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I'm not going to be getting the Last of Us Part One from GameStop. Uh, huh. Boycotting gonna... works, people. <laughs> now, GameStop only exists right now because of this whole stock thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's even died off. Yeah, even that's kind of died off, I think. I don't know. What's it is? Stocks are probably the least interesting thing in the entire world to me. Um, so I couldn't really care less about that. But yeah, I'm NFTs not- in general are just unethical to begin with. And then it's like, like yeah, add that on top of that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, when did that NFT thing come out? Because I think you can tell from the stock. Yeah, you could probably tell it, from the line uh, go down. Haha. <laughs> Literally a hundred fifty four dollars, and the second it opened, thirty eight dollars. Yeah, oh. yeah. I feel like it, it was, was either, this week. I think. Yeah, it was like either two days ago or yesterday. That was that was two days ago. I think. Yeah, that I was Friday. I don't remember when, but I uh, I saw it again today. Like, uh, it's so. because of that. It's almost it's almost down to where it was before all this madness happened, which is about $20. Great. What if it was deliberate so they could drop their stock price or everybody buys low again? That's it. Wasn't the whole thing just trying to short uh, Wall Street billionaires? Yeah. Basically, people, all the like rich people were like, oh, GameStop's going to die, so they're shorting it, which is basically betting it's going to die and you make money that way because you're like taking from the people who thought it'd do good. Oh. And uh, everyone was like, ha, screw rich people, which I agree with. I agree. And uh, they bought, bought, and bought. And then so people with shorts are like, okay, we're losing a ton of money. We have to pull out. Because the thing with shorting is if it keeps going up and up and up, then it can't. There's no stopping it going up compared to if it goes down, it can go to zero. Mm. But going up and go up and up forever until they'd freak out, they'd sell, lose a ton of money, and that's what it was all for. And all the rich people cried to put like a yeah they regulations were, they in regulate it. Yeah, yeah. Which it's fine when when they do that kind of stuff, but it's not fine when a bunch of redditors do it. Of course, yeah. That's literally capitalism. <laughs> well, there you go. 
And now they're making NFTs of uh, victims of 9-11. Yep. It basically ruined their company. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if, uh, if uh, the Wall Street bets guys are... I mean, they're probably still going to do it because they're crazy. But uh, They only care about the dollar sign. It's yeah. literally like there's yeah. nothing else to that. Yeah. Line go up. Let's go. That's funny to me. My entire life philosophy is if line go up, I am happy. If line go down, I'm very sad. That's just people who, uh, <laughs> that's just everyone in the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I invest in cryptocurrency. I guess. What do you mean you guess? It's good to get in at the ground floor. I have three Bitcoin. Yeah. This is not a scam. How does Which it feel like to be a poor bitch? I bet, <laughs> I bet you don't have three Bitcoin. You know how much that's worth? 60 At this days. point, probably like Six, 50 bucks. 60 bucks, I think. <laughs> yeah. Remember, fellas, there's never hope lost when there are crypto bros out there. That's all I'm saying. That's right. I am you are infinitely more interested interesting than the person next to you that owns crypto. That is just true. know that. I uh we, that being said, we are going to start boy time coin. Uh everybody mm. should buy as much as possible and then we're going to cash out once the value hits high enough to where we will make a, an exorbitant amount of money. Yes. Let's uh uh 1 more billion dollars. It yes, would, it would mean it a more great. billion to us. And then I'm going to put all of that money back into cryptocurrency and then mm -hmm. make less money because it's dying. Yes. My name is Logan Paul. I am oh, now setting up a shell it. company overseas so I can avoid paying uh, income tax. That's right. Panama? Never heard of that yeah. country, Panama. but I do Panama. like setting up banks there. That one bank in North Dakota? Yeah, I'm setting one up there. <laughs> I think that's a fun place to, to have it. <laughs> I do like visiting North Dakota on occasion. Yeah, I think there's that one bank in North Dakota where like all the billionaires have accounts there. Oh, it's that's like fun. A direct link to like the Panama stuff. But oh. it's in the US, so they can technically go to that one. That's fun. We should go there that's and rob cool. it. Do a Fast and Furious style vault heist. Yeah. That'd be fun. As a joke, of course. As a goof on camera for a documentary about mm -hmm. Vine stars and where they are at now. Yes. We need money to fund that project. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>